Hi, this is Cameron. And I am Jorge Luis. Today, we're going to give you our quarterly update, what's happening in Ecuador in the ministry June 2021. So excited to share these stories with you. So let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. This is Cameron Graham Vivanco. And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the co-founder and director of the program Education Equals Hope here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals H in Ecuador as well. Y'all, this is our last podcast for our first season. What a journey. (laughs) It has been. This is number 30. Number 30. 30 30 episodes, one season. High five. Woohoo! We did it. We are so grateful and so thankful for all of you who have been on this journey with us. As a reminder, Educational's Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. So here we are, June 6th, dropping our last podcast for the first season. Wow. It seems like yesterday when we started to do this. When I said, hey, I've got this idea. What do you think? (laughs) Are we actually able to do that? Do we know what we're doing? Nope. Don't have a clue, but let's figure it out. Like, from my perspective, I was like, uh, maybe we do know what we're doing. I don't know if we're doing it in the right way. Oh, well, that's because God brought the right people around, like Jorge Luis, who has a degree in communication. Terrible English and terrible abilities to communicate, but at least I studied yeah, Hey, radio. you got a degree. It's all yeah, good. It's all good. <laughs> and I take issue with the other things. So today on our 30th episode, our goal is to recap... Well, not even, uh, that's not true. Not to recap, our goal is to let you, our beloved listeners, know what is happening at each ministry site and what the summer plans are for Equals H before we take a pause and we'll start season two up again in September. Wow. So are you guys ready? It's going to be like drinking from a fire hose, but we want, <laughs> we want, an up, we want you to be updated on what's happening. Um, and so off we go. This, uh, a, a few weeks ago... Um, we had the chance to have, uh, as you guys might know, the Reverend Daniel Sensi here. And when he was here, we were able to go visit in person the majority of our ministry sites, which was the first time to do that in person in well over a year. Thank you, silly COVID. But so here, the it was just exciting. I just say that because it was exciting to... Take a take a big breath, go in for a hug, and then back away. Yeah, and uh, and uh, catch up with our dear dear friends in person. So um, Carmen Bajo, where Whoa. Equals H all started. Carmen Bajo, Pastor Fabian, and Tia Grace, um, they are doing well. Um, well, I mean, when we say doing well, it's all in the couched within the reality of COVID here, yep. Yep. Uh, which is, again, very different. We're not headed towards the end of the pandemic as the United States seems to be headed that way, thank goodness, but it's not here yet. Um, one, something that really stood out to me um, 
when we got to be in Carmabajo just uh-huh. a few weeks ago was Fabian had a mom, Joanna, share yeah. her daughter's story. Um, the daughter started out as an equals age student, but because the daughter was studying, it inspired mm-hmm. the mom to ask if she could go back to school. And so we've been able to help a mom finish her high school degree yeah, um, and also help her child continue to, to have an education and move forward. And she's not the only one. No, there's, there's other moms from Carmen Bajo that have seen that example of effort and support from church and education. So they decided to do them to, to do that themselves. And we get to uh, inspire and help not just one, but multiple generations. Yep. The big project this summer for Carmen Bajo is uh, Pastor Fabian. They have a, a little plot of land. Uh, up in about an hour and a half from Quito, but it's out in the countryside. And so many of our Equals H students have been Puerta Dentro is the, from the doors to the inside. Like uh-huh. the lockdowns here have been long and severe. Mm-hmm. And May, we still had um, every weekend you you went into your house Friday afternoon and you were not allowed to leave until Monday morning under penalty of three years in jail. So we're not messing around down here, <laughs> but uh, their hope and their goal. Um, and we've actually uh, allocated some funding for a toilet. Woohoo! That sounds really exciting. <laughs> but it's a toilet for them to be able to have two or three toilets installed on the, at this piece of property. They have some, they have a kitchen, they have a dining, like they've, They've kind of hodgepodge together a country house for, I mean, it's nothing luxurious. It's all concrete, no carpet or wood floors or anything. It's just concrete, concrete. but it's out in the countryside and they want to be able to take the students there to be able to get outside the city of Quito and get outside their homes. The mental health crisis um, is real and hard. Mm-hmm. as I don't have to explain that to anybody. Of course. And so that's the exciting project for Carmen Bajo. I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Dios es amor. Um, what I, when we got to walk into the building that we've got, <laughs> gotten to help create, uh, incredible to see their computer lab up and running. They have 10 students that uh, go there every day for virtual online school. Um, and that particular day we were there, there were six because two were out <laughs> with COVID <laughs> um, and two more weren't able to come that morning. But I didn't know. I mean, we've talked a lot about virtual school here. Yeah. Um, and that being the reality in Ecuador. But I didn't know that those who have access to Zoom are students. Eight year olds are on for three hours straight, straight. from eight to eleven and like yeah. and she it can said be that more than that some kids have to be there like from 8 to 1 or 1:30 I mean my kids do that but they they're on for like half an hour then they have a yeah. half an hour yeah. break this is straight yeah high school students for example are demanded to be there from 8 to 12:30 and then to connect again from from 1:30 to 3:34 wow p.m. Yeah. wow so that's but this long. is not like take a little break this is no. not no 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 it's like straight it, it, wow, it is, I did not realize how intense that was. I have a hard time with, um, with <laughs> one hour long Zoom meetings when I have to do them yeah, multiple days in a row. <laughs> so, uh, but, and then she was telling us about five students with special, special needs right now. What was? Yes. So there's three students from, from that group. There's 
from all the students that Dioses Amor is actually helping. Right, and let me clarify that. They have yes. 10 people studying, 10 yes. students studying at the church every day and another 25 studying from their homes. Yes. Their and they tutor. get in touch with Adriana, the, yeah. the teacher, when they need help. Yes, so Adriana is in charge of following up with every academic need that the students have. So part of what she does is tutoring them. Of course, now that she's not able to open the doors of the facilities of the church to all of them, she's following up through WhatsApp and calling them every day to see how they're mm -hmm. doing and all that and trying to help and support as much as she can to all of the students. It makes such a difference. To these students that are actually coming to the church facilities, she's trying to provide first technology so that they can actually connect. Yep. Second, to provide uh, the right space and the right support so that they can do it. Uh -huh. And that's when she has started to realize that some of these kids, um, the, 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 the system and the, the education down here in Ecuador is really focused on what you have to do, uh -huh. not in what you're truly learning. Mm, right yes. now that mm -hmm. she realized about it, then she, she saw also that they were having problems in learning. Mm -hmm. Some of them were a little bit slower than others. And she started, like, trying to look for what is really going on. So we have five students that we uh, we ask your prayers for. Um, three of them have learning... Learning dis disabilities. Disabilities is what we will call it. Like dyslexia exactly, or things exactly. like that that are, that are overcomable by... I mean, yes. from where I come from, there are all sorts of support for that. Ecuador is multiple decades behind that for educational support here. So she's identifying these students who are getting lost in the system because there's no support for them. That's when I'm thankful to have you here because you're able to explain this in English way better than me. <laughs> you're doing great. But the thing is that these three students um, have these different disabilities and, and she is asking for help. So we're mm -hmm. trying to look for the best way and the best person to fit into that role so that we can not just give them the technologies, push them to study, but also understanding who they are and helping them from that side mm -hmm. to grow in that area. Absolutely. So these three students have that problem. We have other two students that they also have learning problems, but they're more linked to an emotional side. Yeah. There's things that are going on in their families, in their lives. And that's why, of course, if you, if you, if your mind is somewhere else and something really heavy is going on with you, uh -huh. it's really hard to pay attention to study. Absolutely. Right? Even if you don't have, um, even if you have the right environment and all that, it will be hard. These yeah. guys don't have the right environment. They don't have what they need. It's really hard and heavy for them. So we're also trying to look for the right person that can help and cope with these th things and yeah. teach them how to deal with all the, that stuff without pay, uh, leaving um, their schools and their studies, just like being mm -hmm. firm mm -hmm. and focused into them. So those of you out there, we'd love for you just to pray for those five particular students at the church called Diosas Amor. If any of you have any resources or know of people who have um, educational psychology degrees or anything like that that could help us, please yeah. contact me at Cameron at educationqualshope.org. Um, Donna Amaus, happy to say that Reverend Nancy, who had a very bad bout of COVID, is doing well. We got to visit with her outside her home for just a few <laughs> minutes, well separated <laughs> and far apart. But uh, she's got a, a long road of recovery ahead of her, strength-wise. She had a bad case of pneumonia as well. But their students all seem to be doing well with Chivita, mm -hmm, who's their, mm -hmm. their academic coordinator at the program. Tell us about Chivita. Well, Evelyn is a great girl. She started Evelyn and Evelyn. Evelyn Chivita and Chivita is, is yes. the same person. <laughs> is, yes, Evelyn is her name. Chivita is her nickname. Yes. 
Um, she she was actually a, a student uh-huh. for the program she graduated in, in Malaysia. She graduated, and now she is even out of college, and she has decided to use what she um, learned and all what she's received to give it back to the community mm-hmm. and the, the kids that now need it. So she's the coordinator, and she, she's super committed and engaged with the students, trying to, of course, help them and trying to, to, to tutor them whenever they need it. Um, she is from home trying to even print out some homeworks. She prints them out because some, some of this virtual schooling is you receive something from WhatsApp. Uh-huh. You need to print it out, do it, you know, yeah, handwrite fill it, it out. Mm-hmm. And then taking a picture of it mm-hmm. and sending it back to the teacher. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most of our students don't have printers. Don't, right. They don't even have a computer. So then what Chivita is doing is that she's receiving that, she prints it out, and she walks to the homes of the students and hand it out to them. Yep. That's she's what amazing. she's trying to do. She's amazing. Yeah. They do such a great job. Wayne Pastor is uh, also continues to do a phenomenal job with all of their students. Um, part of it is not at Buen Pastor. As you guys know, every ministry site gets to come up with their own requirements um, to be a part of the program. So some of our programs uh, support children inside their church. Mm-hmm. Other churches, other of our programs um, decide to use their finances to support the local community, people outside of their church. And Buen Pastor is one of those. Um, they do not require church uh, membership or church attendance to receive the scholarship program or to be a part of it, you can just apply for help. But they have um, they have a program that you can sign up for, that you can be part of a small group, and one of the academic coordinators will um, do some pastoral care and some discipleship with your family through that. And what was what was it that you just told me about that? Well, it's, it's <clears throat> incredible. They, they have a, a, around 50 fam- families uh-huh. that belong to the program. This is 75 kids. Wow, yeah. 75 students. Uh-huh. Of course, with this amount of, of families mm-hmm. and students, the, the biggest uh, worry for Xiomara, who is the, the coordinator, and Juan Carlos, who is the pastor of the church, was like, how can we take care of these families if it's so hard? What can we do? So they decided to divide them into different groups, and Xiomara and other church leaders from Buen Pastor have decided to start engaging and, and committing to, to walking with them and growing with them. So they created like different small groups, Bible studies, and more than Bible studies, just like being together, walking together, and also giving them some um, information about how to parent, how to deal parenting with parenting workshops. workshops. Discipline yeah. workshops. You were telling me that more than anything, these parents are so thankful to be a part of something and to yes. feel part of something and that they are accompanied in this very difficult and scary time. And that, that has um, make them make a huge jump between just me and my family and now a huge community. And, and of course, in a faith jump, because mm-hmm. most of them were not even part of the, the church. Gotcha. They, they didn't even know anything about it. So now they're super interested in and they're growing. And they're yes. voluntarily signing up for these small groups because yes. they, they want it, which what an incredible uh, fringe benefit. So great. And Guasaki, uh, the ministry site up in the outside of Quito, about two hours outside up in the mountains, indigenous community. Um, Sarita, the coordinator there, we just got to see her <laughs> holding classes outside yeah. on the on the yard of the house. Kids socially distanced, and she's going through things there. Um, they also have small groups and doing studies with them. The pastor yes. is going to three different houses, so they've yeah. just changed how they're doing things. Instead of meeting in one big group. 
for church, they have all these little small house groups, but then also that's providing more individual care and contact with each of the equals age students. Um, Cristo Liberador. <sighs> <sighs> Um, continued please to pray for that church and for all of the loss of life in that church due to COVID um, and those who are struggling. Um, church leaders, uh, many of you know Mariana and Fernando, both of whom were hospitalized with COVID and with very severe cases, and it was uh, very touch and go for a while. The great news is Mariana is home that she um, has beaten those odds and is back at home, and Fernando is finally turning a corner. Um, so continue to pray for them, uh, pray for Lourdes and leadership. Uh, at one point, um, her both of her sisters had COVID, and her brother-in-law and uh, both of her parents were taken to the hospital with COVID. Happily, they had been vaccinated, and so they were at very, very little risk, but they, through all the stress of it all, um, uh had a lot of anxiety, and then also her nephew was um, on the yeah. verge of being hospitalized, and so hard to run ministry and work when your life is falling apart. Absolutely. Um, they are not the only ones on the Cristo chat that were a part of constant prayer for those who are falling ill or those who have died. Um, so the church is doing a great job of continuing the program as um, school year is not over here until July. So there is lots to still do for the students that are in school, mm-hmm. but just a heavy, heavy load um, for the leadership there at Cristo Liberador. Casa Gabriel is expanding their ministry from just residential to second chances. We heard a little bit about that on the last mm-hmm. podcast with Laura Jennings Estevez um, as they look to uh, help students in difficult desperate and difficult places, even further afield than just their residential home. Casa Dalia, uh, also to pray for that team um, as they are doing a great job, academic coordinator. We just were able, uh, through the generosity of a donor and through Equals H, able to approve an academic coordinator for the Caminos de Libertad, Pathways to Freedom, the non-residential uh-huh. program. If you listened to the three podcasts that we had with Hannah, um, she told us all about those four different aspects of Casa Dalia. And so we are getting to go further and deeper with them as well. Our ministry site in Esmeralda, Santa Maria, Marta, uh, who also had a bad bout of COVID, yep. yeah. one of Lourdes' sisters. She is healthy again. She is back in the saddle. She is back in Esmeraldas. Their school year just started in just April. Started, yeah. Their school year runs April to Feb- February, January. February. February. Yeah. Beginning of February. So um, to keep them and those students in your prayers. In Kalakali, we, uh, a few months ago now, we had a podcast with Susie. Yeah. She's not the coordinator there because she was able to pass that on. Uh She started it, but now she has handed that leadership to people from the community who has been super um, committed and engaged with the families. And one of the biggest projects that they have had is that, like, the the little micro... The micro businesses. Micro businesses. Micro and yes, loans. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the, the program started and give them a little push so that they can start doing it they are their own and they're growing and they're doing it as much as they can. So it's really cool to see that. Very exciting to see. Our other ministry site outside the city, uh, Pastoral Indígena, out in the Rio Bamba, Guamote area, mm-hmm. they continue to move forward, also have been hit hard by COVID and all the economic hardship that goes with mm-hmm. that Um 
but they they are doing well and are and are up to speed. So it was good to get to catch up with Padre Lujio. Um, so the things that are still coming this summer, we have an intern coming at the we end have of this one week. One intern coming, yes. Oh, which is really exciting. We of course don't have any in-person teams uh, for this summer 2021, but are getting lots of requests for 2022. And there's yeah. great hope that we will be back in the saddle again yeah. with um, short-term teams, in-person short-term teams next summer. We do have an in-person vision team scheduled to come in October. It's the end of October, the 16th through the 23rd. I'm thinking I'm making up those dates, but it's somewhere somewhere around that there. Um, if you are interested in coming on a vision team to come and see this, we might make you be a pod, part of the podcast if you come. <laughs> um, we'd love to have you. Uh, again, email me at Cameron at education equals hope.org. Um, we are looking at two new possibilities of two new ministry sites that hopefully mm-hmm. we'll be able to do that um, this fall. But again, of course, that all depends on funding. Um, and we are still obviously always so grateful for any of the relief funds. Um, most of the fundraising for Equals H, of course, goes straight to these micro scholarships. However, we have started a relief fund effort uh, as, again, the, the desperate and difficult situations have turned uh, dire. So if you would like to be a part of any relief funds, we, of course, would welcome that. Um, and of course, we'd welcome you to please continue to be a part of or to start being a part of a monthly scholarship for a student or a family here in Ecuador through Education Wells Hope. We can't do any of this without you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being supported and and um, and just walking and knowing that you guys are there for us, praying for us and supporting us as much as you can is a great, great, great uh, relief and encouragement to us. And of That's course, huge. knowing that you guys are not just interested, but also you are being part of the mission that we're doing down here in any way. So we're thankful that, that you're doing that too. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So this is going to be signing off for our first season of Hopecast. The Bianco mm-hmm. family will be traveling in North Carolina and South Carolina this summer. And as COVID allows, um, we hope to get to see uh, some of the wonderful faces that make up the community of hope out there. We thank you so much for being a part of this Hopecast, and we look forward to seeing you in the fall. Thank you so much. We'll see you next season. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.